Christmas may be looking a bit different for you this year, but I just want to encourage you that you are loved, that God is there and with you. And, you know, if you need any help, then please reach out. We would love to help and assist you in any way that we can. And this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about about journeys to Bethlehem. And my focus today is about Mary and Joseph's journey and also the shepherd's journey. And I just want to chat to you a little bit about those two journeys that happen in the Bible. And, you know, journeys are funny things, aren't they? I know sometimes, you know, we can go on many journeys. We can go on a spiritual journey, an emotional journey. We can actually go on a physical journey in a car, in a train, on a boat, Maybe we haven't done much of that this year and we we could do with a bit of journeying. But, you know, journeys can be good and bad at times. They can be long and short. They can be unexpected and planned. They can be happy. Sometimes they can be sad. They can be emotional. They can be dangerous. They can be exciting. Journeys bring many, many things. And, you know, they're not just necessarily all one thing. There's perhaps lots of different things that happen through a journey that goes on. And like I said to you, I want to look at these two journeys that we read about in the accounts that run up to Jesus' birth. The first one being the journey that Mary and Joseph take to Bethlehem. And then I'm going to look at the journey that the shepherds take to Bethlehem a little later. And, you know... Mary and Joseph's journey, let's look at the account in Luke 2, verses 1 to 7 in the English Standard Version. It says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went also up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. You know, and I just, I love how the Bible just covers things sometimes really, really quickly. You know, it says that that Joseph went from Galilee up to Judea, the city of David. And you think, you know, it's less than a verse. It covers it less than a verse. And actually this would have, this was a 90 mile trip. This wasn't a less than a verse trip. It it was a big trip. But you know, the Bible so often covers things in just a few words or, or in just one little verse. And you know, sometimes we, Paul and I have started walking recently a lot more than we did before on a daily basis. And sometimes quite quickly and I'm, I don't really enjoy it very much when it's very quick because my legs are only short. I know I look tall on here but I'm only a little person. So when we go on these big long walks and Paul's got great big huge long legs and I've got like my legs are like half the size. I have to work twice as hard to, to get to where we're going and you know I really enjoy it and I feel invigorated after and it's great but there are times when we go on this walk that we often do which has got a, quite a bit of a steep incline on it and I'll get so far up and I'll just think why am I doing this? I don't want to go on anymore. I want to stop. I want to go back. Why do I do this to myself? Why do I come on a daily basis and walk up this hill? I hate this hill. It's awful. I can't breathe. I think I'm going to collapse. And you have all these things running through your head about why on earth am I doing this? And I look at Mary and Joseph and I think in that tiny bit that the Bible tells us, let's expand it a little bit, shall we? And consider what this journey actually meant to them. And you know, at times how difficult it must have been bearing in mind that Mary must have been over eight months pregnant at the time. If she gave birth when they were in Bethlehem, she must have been at least eight months pregnant, if not more, when they started this journey. That's a very pregnant lady 
going on a journey who's going to need a lot of toilet stops so let's just have a look like i've already said it was a 90 mile trip it's like walking if you're from stoke-on-trent and listening i've only got one example if you're not from stoke-on-trent you're gonna have to go figure it out yourself but if you live in stoke-on-trent it's like walking from stoke-on-trent to anglesey in wales that is a long walk it is a long way you know, they would have gone south along some flatlands along the Jordan River and then they would have gone west over the hills that surrounded Jerusalem and then on through to Bethlehem. You know, and roughly at the time, people suggest that people probably travelled about 20 miles a day. But because of Mary's condition, because she was pregnant, they probably did 10 miles a day. And, you know, all the stories and the things that we sing at Christmas time suggest they had a donkey. But they probably didn't. The Bible doesn't say anything about little donkey on a dusty road carrying Mary. So the likelihood is, is they didn't actually have a donkey. So she would have been an eight month pregnant woman walking 10 miles a day. I don't think I'd want to walk 10 miles a day and I'm not eight months pregnant. It would not have been easy. It wasn't a paved path. There was no road. There were hilly trails. There was harsh weather very often. And I know we look at Israel and we think, oh, it's lovely and sunny and warm. It isn't like that in the winter periods. And roughly, that's when it looks like it probably was when they made this journey. So it wouldn't have been pleasant. There was no sunbathing weather. It probably would have been windy and cold and harsh. The paths were unpaved, so they'd have been muddy and messy. You know, and then just to top it all off, if things weren't bad enough, the route was perilous. There are ancient documents that make specific reference to this route around Jerusalem and say that it, there are dangers of lions, there are dangers of wild boar. I wouldn't fancy meeting a wild boar. There are dangers of bears and also dangers of bandits and robbers. So people would often travel in groups for safety purposes. This isn't really a journey you want to be taking. And yet a decree has gone out. And so Mary and Joseph have no option but to take this journey. You know, and it was an important journey. Because when we look back in the Old Testament, we see many prophecies saying this is what is going to come. This is the son who is going to come. This is about Jesus. He's going to come. This is where he's going to be born. This is what will happen. Now, Mary and Joseph at the time were from Galilee. There are no prophecies about Galilee. The prophecy is about the child will be born and where he's born. And so God had got to do something. There had got to be some movement. So we see all of a sudden an accumulation of all those prophecies in the Old Testament. How on earth is God going to make this happen when he chooses a couple from a town in Galilee to have and to look after his son on earth? So he gets easy to... Send a decree out that everyone has to be registered at their town of original birth. So Joseph has to move. God causes things to happen to bring that movement, to bring a fulfilment of prophecy, to put them in the correct position that they've got to be in. God causes movement and change, which at times can be inconvenient and difficult, which I'm sure, let's be honest, this journey was for Mary and Joseph, that affects our lives. So it fulfills his word. So it brings about what he says. So what he says comes true true and is right and definitive and that is what God is all about is about fulfilling promises
promise. It's about fulfilling prophecy. It's about causing change and movement in the world so everything aligns to exactly where he wants it at exactly the moment he wants it. And nothing can stop it and nothing can hinder it. So no matter where you are today and what you think is going on, God is moving and orchestrating in your life to get you at the exact point he needs you to be at, at the exact moment in time, in the exact place, so that fulfillment of promise can happen over your life. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever think it can't happen because it's just, oh, God's not interested in me. God is interested in the finest detail to fulfill his promise and to bring about his prophetic word. You know, I've seen a lot going about on social media, um, just making light of the nativity and and, (laughs) in light of the year we've had with COVID. And, you know, and it talks about, you know, there wouldn't be a nativity this year. And it gives says things like, you know, the three wise men are facing a travel ban and the shepherds have been furloughed. The innkeepers shut under tier three. I don't know what tier we're in at the minute. Santa would would have to break the rule of six with his reindeer and Rudolph needs a test because of his red nose so he needs to go get a Covid test and there's all these sorts of things going on and being said and you know what it it made me laugh when I read it but ultimately if Covid was going on at the time of Jesus God would use it to his advantage to bring about his will and purpose Covid does not stop God's will and purpose over your life God is not stumped by it God was not stumped at the time that Joseph and Mary had to go from Galilee to Bethlehem God had orchestrated and moved in it and intervened in it to bring about his will and purpose for their lives and in the same way God wants to bring about his will and purpose in your life if you trust him if you believe in him if you're willing to take those steps of the journey which can sometimes be difficult which can sometimes be heartbreaking which can sometimes just be exhausting which can sometimes be so hard yet if we trust in him and we journey with him like Mary and Joseph did then we see the fulfillment of promise we see the fulfillment of prophecy and we see that God cannot be stopped and that God is there intervening and working all the time behind the scenes and yet so often we don't see it and realize it so what am I trying to say to you? What is the point of this, this Christmas time? As we look at this journey that Mary and Joseph went on, the point is this, don't give up. Don't let things stop you. Don't turn back. Keep going. Keep believing. Keep trusting that God is with you. No matter how difficult your journey seems, no matter how difficult things are, keep going and don't give up. You know, each step you take is drawing you into your destiny. Each mountain you climb and each bear you fight leads you to the victory of promises fulfilled. Keep going. Keep believing. Keep trusting God. Mary and Joseph's journey was about trusting God. It was about laying themselves into his hands, no matter what the hardship physically and emotionally. I remember 12 months ago going to Canada with Paul and leaving the girls here in Stoke-on-Trent with family. And it was just an emotional roller coaster for me. I think the girls were like, oh, we don't want you to go, but we're quite happy. And I just cried all the way to the airport. I got on the plane. I cried on the plane. And I'm not a big crier for people who know me well, but I just, it was just such a difficult journey. And yet God was with me and God spoke to me and God reminded me so many times. And yet still it was hard, but the journey did so much more than if I hadn't gone and if I had not fulfilled 
wild where God was taking me. So I want to encourage you. Sometimes journeys aren't easy. Sometimes, like for Mary, it wasn't easy physically. Sometimes they're not easy emotionally. But keep trusting in God. He is there with you and he is walking with you all the way. You know, the journey turned them into prophecy and destiny fulfillers for the generations to come. It fulfilled that prophecy that had been declared years before and it still fulfills it as it echoes throughout the generations. God is calling you to be a destiny fulfiller. If you will stick with him on this journey, if you will go again, if you will carry on through those valleys of lions and bears and wild boars, if you will keep going despite your tiredness, God is calling you to be a destiny fulfiller this next year, this year where you feel like what on earth has been the point of that? God has been using it all for good and all to fulfill his promise. You know, their journey also turned them into carriers of the good news. Mary was literally carrying the good news that God had sent. She was carrying his son. She was carrying the greatest love ever given. She was carrying the greatest gift ever given. And she carried it the whole way. Can I encourage you sometimes things that you're involved in, things that you're a part of, relationships that you have, they may seem at times like such a heavy burden to bear, yet you are carrying good news, you are carrying love, you are carrying destiny fulfilled within you and as part of you. So keep going, keep believing. And God's calling us to the same. He's calling us to keep trusting in him. He's calling us to keep going and he's calling us to carry his good news. He's calling us to let people know this Christmas time that Jesus came, was born of Mary. He died on a cross and he rose again, that your sins can be forgiven, that you can have a relationship with God. And we want to tell you that good good news that you are loved that you are accepted so can I encourage you if this is the first time you've heard that we want to we want to connect with you we want to journey with you about you getting to know God and for those of you who already know him keep shouting that good news out as you journey with God and keep trusting in him so that's a little bit of insight into Mary and Joseph's journey this morning The second journey, like I said, that I want to look at is the shepherd's journey. So let's read from a little bit further on, Luke 2, 8 to 18, again in the English Standard Version. And it says this. And in the same region, there are shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you, here it is again, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those whom he pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, 
the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds said. You know, it's a bit of a strange account. Let's be honest. There's some shepherds in a field watching the sheep. There's nothing unnormal about that. But then the angels appear and they declare what they declare. And, and they tell them to go and find this couple who've had this child and go and praise him. And, you know, the shepherds were there minding the business. They were there going about their daily lives when it was interrupted. And the shepherds had two options. Their option could be, I'm just going to carry on what I'm doing. That was a little bit strange. That didn't quite fit into my evening. I'm not overly sure what I think about that and whether I think that was like, you know, have I just eaten something that didn't agree with me or what was going on there? I'm not overly sure, but I'm just going to carry on with my sheep. Or they could go and see what on earth was going on and see if this was true. You know, and for many of us, God comes in many different ways, in the form of people, in the form of something we watch or we listen to. And God wants to come and disrupt our normal lives and call us out into something greater, to show us great and mighty things that we don't yet know. He wants to pull us into a place where he can reveal himself to us, the love that he has for us, that he can show us more of who Jesus is. He wants to pull us into that place. And we have a choice like the shepherds have. We have the choice whether we stay and we look after our sheep or our mundane daily lives whatever we're doing where well, i'm too busy with the kids you don't know what it's like i'm i'm busy at work it, it it takes up a lot of my time you know my family's really important at the minute that's just the season i'm in and i, I need to focus on that but god is calling you yeah but i'm just focused on this and i need to do this but god is calling you out to meet with him and to be with him and are you going to focus on those things that are going on or could you actually pick them up, take them with you and go and see where God is calling you to? You know, I've perhaps talked about this a lot. And, you know, my mum, when she passed away, it was during the first lockdown. And she, we, we were only able to have 10 people at the funeral. And we did the funeral graveside. And um, my dad was very much aware that people, you know, they wanted to come, but they couldn't. And so what he decided to do is to say to people, well, we're leaving the house at this time. And this is the route that we're going to take. And he asked myself and my sister to put it on social media so people would pick it up. And, you know, we thought, you know, perhaps a few people would come. A few people would message my dad and say, yeah, we'll be there. We'll see you. We'll see you there. And he'd, they'd shared it with my mum and dad's church. And, you know, my dad was saying, yeah, there'll be a few people have said that they'll be there. So I was like, yeah, OK, that's really nice. That's nice that people want to do that. It's nice that they can be involved because, you know, it's really difficult. What are you meant to do? And, you know, obviously the funeral car came and we all got in our cars because we weren't allowed to go in what you would normally go in. So we were all driving ourselves and we followed the, the coffin. And as we went down the street, we could see people in the street, neighbours, and, and then there were some other people in the street. And as we turned, as we got to the bottom of the street, there were people lined at the bottom of the street. And then there was a gap for a bit. And then there were people lined again at different places. And it was absolutely and completely overwhelming. All these people who had come out because they couldn't come to, to the funeral, but they could come and stand on a street. 
because they live locally. And they came and they stood and they paid their respects. And you know, despite what's going on, despite what is hindering you, despite what seems bigger, there is still an opportunity for you to go and do and go and find Jesus. Just like those people, despite the fact that they couldn't come to my mum's funeral, there was still an opportunity for them to go and say, you know, I'm going to miss you. I loved you. You were important to me. I want to show my respect. I want to support the family. People were still able to do that because they were out of the comfort zone. They weren't hindered by the things that were trying to hinder them. And they were able to stand and pay their respects. And it was the most moving part of the day that we experienced. But you know what? The shepherds could so easily have just said, well, we're just stuck here with the sheep. We're in our own little lockdown. We can't move. We've got to look after the sheep. What happens if a wolf comes? What happens if something comes and tries to take the sheep away? But God was calling them out, calling them to that world outside the window of who they were and what they normally did. And he called them to to that place. The hearts suddenly were called to life. They were no longer just shepherds, but something had been ignited within them. A life had come about within them and they had to know, they had to find out, they had to experience what had been said to them. And so it says that they made haste. You know, they took action upon God's word. They didn't just sit there and think, oh, I'm just going to have a think about it. I'm going to have a, have a chat and see what someone else thinks about it. I'm going to read the Bible for a while and see if I can find, you know, a million other scriptures that say it's okay. I'm going to ask about 50 people and see if that's right. No, they made haste. They acted on the word of God. They didn't stay with the familiarity and the comfort. The message drove them on to Bethlehem. You know... It would have been like looking for a needle in a haystack in Bethlehem. It would have been crowded. The reason Mary and Joseph were in the stable was because everywhere was full. People would have been sleeping in the streets. People would have been sleeping everywhere and anywhere because everyone had gone to be registered. It would have been absolute mayhem. And Mary and Joseph, although we often don't look at it like this, were lucky enough to find a place where there was shelter where Mary could give birth. And they found them in this place like just a needle in a haystack and yet they found them the life that had been igniting with them the the haste that had been putting them they were able to find them and to go and glorify God and then be able and this is the most amazing part of the story that they then went on and they shared what they'd seen these were telling people this good news that had come we hear it again this good news that had come they went on and shared it with everyone that they came across it was about lifting God's name high but it was also about the fact that the shepherds were suddenly turned into evangelists and they couldn't keep quiet anymore they had to share with everyone they saw concerning this child and it said everyone wondered at what the shepherds said can I encourage you as God brings you to life as God encourages you to look at the world outside your window. Let him turn you into someone who can't help but share what God has done, who can't help but share that good news of Jesus, especially this Christmas time, especially after the year we've had with COVID, that we say there is good news, there is hope, there is one who has come to bring light and life into this world so that we can live a full and wonderful life despite our circumstances and so that we can go on to glory with God that we no longer have to die but there is eternal life for us God is calling us to do the same he is calling us to allow his word to bring our hearts to life you know whether that's a recommitment whether that's for the first time or whether that's just a carrying on of 
boosting what God is doing within us. He is calling us to come to life again. He is calling us to lift Jesus' name high this Christmas and this new year. And he is calling us no longer to stay silent, but to share and declare and shout that good news. So to conclude this Christmas time, can I encourage you like Mary and Joseph, trust God with the journey that you're on, with the journey that you've been on this year and the journey that you're going into next year. Believe for the fulfillment of God's promises and God's prophecy in your life bring glory to God allow him to bring you alive again and take action with the things that he says make haste to share that good news make haste to find Jesus in your life make haste to allow yourself to be brought back to life and then to share and evangelize to those who don't know him there is a world outside of our windows church and God is calling us to get out of our comfort zones to get out of what we want and go and share that there is light and there is hope and there is life for whatever circumstances people face especially after this year especially as we go into 2021 God is calling us again to be a light and be the life in this world let's pray together Father God I thank you for the journeys that you call us on I thank you for these two accounts that we've read of Mary and Joseph and of the shepherds God and I pray that we would learn from them this morning I pray that we would be inspired by them this morning I pray, God, that you would bring our hearts to life this morning, Father God, that we would see that world outside our window and we would go out there and declare your good news, that we will go out there and love our communities, that we would go out there and love those who need it, be a friend to those who are lonely. God, I pray that you would help us to be people of action. I pray that you would help us, no matter how difficult the journey is at times, that we would trust you and keep going. God, and I pray for every person listening to this, God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would encourage them, that you would reassure them of your love and your care for them on the journey of life that they're taking. God, and for those who don't know you, God, I pray that you would ignite something new and fresh in them, Father God, that they may begin that journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. I just want to say Merry Christmas and we love you all. Thank you.